fascinating topic for sure. I shall be bringing in our uh, next guest momentarily. Mark, how are you? Well, I don't know what to think if I'm going to be extinct here pretty soon. So I think <laughs> I'm going to talk a little quicker than today, just in case. Yeah, time is of the essence. So I don't, I don't know how you... Fascinating. I mean, I, I think we've all woke up on various mornings and thought a human level extinction might be a good thing. It depends if I've had my coffee, I would imagine. But uh, yeah, maybe you can just let our viewers and listeners let us know about your work. What, what takes up the bulk of your time? Well, first, I'd like to say first-year producer Ash has been great in getting in touch with me, and I'm not much of a technical person, so she helped me through this. Second, I wish we had a podcast like yours in the U.S. Uh, far too little is really investigated in this country, and we're going to talk about that today in terms of how the whole Warren Commission investigation back in the 60s was an abomination. They were never looking for the truth. I have an eyewitness who was there at the hearings, uh, uh, you know, who was a, a legislative assistant for one of the uh, Warren Commission members. Frankly, I'm really disgusted, frustrated, whatever you want to say over this shocking new evidence that I, I've only found here in the last, oh, two or three months uh, that it changes everything about anything we knew with the assassination. So uh, I've been on your show before. I'm, a, I'm, I'm an author, a lawyer turned author. Uh, so I call myself a former lawyer, so that doesn't cause any problems. Uh, but I've been, uh, you know, an investigative reporter. I've, I've uh, covered uh, the national trials, the Tent Tyson, OJ, and, and Kobe Bryant cases. Uh, but I've written almost 30 books now. And the last six in this last, uh, let's see, 10 years or so have been all about uh, the JFK assassination through the eyes of a journalist that we talked about the last time I was on this show named Dorothy Kilgallen. And if you don't mind, an awful lot of people may not who, know who that was, but she was a courageous, brilliant woman uh, who was a college dropout only to become what the New York Post called the, the, the most powerful female voice in America in the early 1960s. And she had a radio show listened to by a million people. Her newspaper column was syndicated to 200 newspapers across the country. Many of your listeners up in the age where I am will remember her from a hit CBS show that was on for 10 years called What's My Line? And they guessed unusual occupations by people. Uh, you know, maybe it was a woman sports writer for the NFL or the, the person owned a wax museum or whatever it may be. And she was the star of that show, kind of like a prosecutor who asked the best questions. I learned about her uh, about six or seven years ago. And uh, she, she died mysteriously. We'll, we'll talk about that in 1965. But then she kind of disappeared from the face of the earth. And it wasn't until I published this book, The Reporter Who Knew Too Much, that's Dorothy right there on the cover, about her that she was kind of uh, born again in some ways. And people then went ahead and paid attention to what she was doing because uh, she was the first one to challenge J. Edgar Hoover on the Oswald alone uh, verdict, the conclusion, and all of that. And, uh, you know, she she was in, unlike all these experts out there and these authors, Dorothy was in Dallas. Uh, she was a close friend of JFK's. She was at the at Dealey Plaza days after the assassination. She was at the Ruby trial. She interviewed Jack Ruby twice, and we'll talk, talk about that. So she was the real thing. And I had then a source there, and I went ahead and wrote two or three books based on 
uh, Dorothy Kilgallen's Life and Times. I connected them in a book called Collateral Damage with the Death of Marilyn Monroe. And then I was going to quit. But last year, I got a, a, an email uh, from a gentleman named uh, Morris Wolf. And, uh, you know, there's almost 11 million views, YouTube views of my presentations and interviews uh, about these about the JFK assassination and Dorothy and Marilyn in, in the world. And uh, I hear from people who watch these. Just like people today, I guarantee you, and I hope, will get in touch with me because they give me tips. They tell me things I didn't know, and then I follow up on them as a, as a former criminal defense, defense attorney looking at motive and things like that. So this guy, Morris Wolf, sends me an email. I watched a presentation of yours at the, at the Allen Library near Dallas. And I looked at that presentation and I saw the name Dorothy Kilgallen. I always get a chill when I say this because so few people remember her from the 50s and 60s. So I sent him an email and he just started in. I mean, he, he, it's too bad I couldn't have recorded that conversation. I've since recorded a couple with him, but he just took off. And he said, first, Mr. Shaw, I want, to, want you to know I was a Yale lawyer. I went to work for Bobby Kennedy uh, when I got out of, co out of college, got my law degree. And I have to tell you that uh, I worked for Bobby Kennedy. I helped him write the Civil Rights Act of 1964. And more than that, I rode my bicycle. And you talk about disturbing information that I've come up with shocking evidence. I rode my bicycle between the attorney general's office and the White House carrying secret documents in envelopes between Bobby Kennedy and JFK. And he said, Mr. Shaw, you know why I had to do that? Because they knew that J. Edgar Hoover was tapping their phones. Now just think about that, Stephen, at the highest echelons of our government, the FBI director is tapping the attorney general and the president's phone. So that was the first just knock me over moment when he told me that. And then he said, uh, when I left uh, Senator Kennedy's or uh, A.G. Kennedy's office, he asked me about working for a member of the Warren Commission, uh, Senator John Sherman Cooper of Kentucky. And I began doing that. And I worked with him. And I actually, Mr. Shaw, went to the hearings and watched the investigation, watched the testimony and so on and so forth. And of course, my ears are perking up and nobody's ever gotten inside the Warren Commission before now like that. That is a whistleblower who was right there. Dorothy was in Dallas uh, and, and after the assassination. Now I've got a primary witness who was there at the Warren Commission. And he starts in and he says, you know, I went to the hearings with Senator Cooper uh, and I, uh, in, our, in his sob, and I sat there in the back row. And then on the way back, he would tell me things like this. The commissioner members know about the Jack Ruby connection to organized crime, but they don't want to touch it. It's more than Oswald, but Hoover and Chief Justice Earl Warren keep pushing the Oswald alone conclusion. The inability to gather all evidence in certain areas, as well as a number of suspicious circumstances deduced from the record has made me preclude the conclusion, the determination that Oswald and Oswald acted alone without knowledge, encouragement, or assistance of any person and perpetrated the assassination. And then just a couple more. Uh, the commission members want to bury the truth under a pile of stones. Our president, Lyndon Johnson, wants to cover up and move on. Uh, and then the commission members say the Oswald conclusion, and he was telling me this, what, what Cooper told him, while the hearings are going on, they tell, the, the commission members say the Oswald conclusion will be 
uh, good for God and country, but there is internal corruption. I don't know why. So that's an eyewitness to history right there. And we all missed it. I missed it. I missed it with all of my research. I never knew about it till Mr. Wolf got in touch with me. And he was a remarkable, a remarkable man. Um, he was uh, he, he was known as a very distinguished individual. He worked on, on several projects, including the Civil Rights Act. He defended Raoul Wallenberg. If you don't know who that is, that's the uh, Swedish uh, Jew who saved more than 100,000 lives uh, during the Holocaust and wrote a book about that because he tried to get him released from a, a Russian prison. So this was an ironclad, uh, credible witness like Dorothy Kilgallen. And when he told me these things, it made me really stop and think about, wait a minute, this, this whole Warren Commission uh, investigation was an abomination. And you'll see where I took that in a little bit, but I want to stop there because I'm sure you have some questions. Sure. Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, the, the JFK assassination is something people are fascinated with. And obviously this is tied into various conspiracies. We've had lots of guests on this show who all have weird and, and wonderful theories uh, as to what happened. Have, have you... Uh, have you formulated uh, a working theory of what really or what you think really took place on that day? Or is it a case of you just cannot accept the findings of the Warren Commission and you're, you're kind of, uh, you know, that the jury's out on what actually did happen? Well, we can learn from Dorothy Kilgallen because she was a very close friend of JFK's. In fact, what triggered her 18 month investigation, all of her columns, everything that she did, was a trip that she took to the White House with her young son, Carrie. And Pierre Salinger set it up for JFK to go ahead and meet with them in the library. And when they were there, JFK made a big fuss over Carrie about letters he brought from the, his third grade class to JFK. And that meant so much to her that when she uh, learned that JFK had been killed, she wrote a column that said, what I remember is a tall man stooping over a little boy, making a big fuss about his third grade papers. This is the man who was killed in Dallas. And at that point, she went right to Dallas. She uh, went to Dealey Plaza. She interviewed Jess Curry, the Dallas police chief, who told her, by the way, and that's in uh, both The Reporter Knew Too Much and the new book, uh, Fighting for Justice. All of that's in there. Curry told her, what did he do when he first heard the shots from two limousines behind JFK? He sent his officers to the overpass. So she knew right away that there were these conflicts in this Oswald alone situation because he wasn't interested in the depository, book depository at all. So what did she do then? Well, she, she ingratiated herself with Melvin Belli, who was the lawyer for Jack Ruby. She sat in the front row at the Ruby trial. She listened to the testimony. You know, Ruby always said that he happened by the Dallas Police Department basement and there was Ruby or there was Oswald. Well, she heard testimony that he had told uh, somebody, uh, somebody of, of uh, importance, I will be there when Oswald's gonna be transferred. I will get in making like a, a, a reporter. I will use my friends in the police department to get in there. And, and Dorothy was able to prove all of that through her columns. Her first one was the Oswald file must not close. Uh, Dallas police linked to Ruby killing Oswald. I mean, she, and they're all in the books. Uh, she, she just did not believe uh, Hoover, who was uh, shouting Oswald alone, Oswald alone, Oswald alone. So Dorothy then went ahead, interviewed Ruby, the only reporter out of 400 people to do, a journalist at the, at the trial to do so. 
And what she learned from him, as you'll find out, we don't specifically know. But let's go back in time a little bit so I can answer your question. We have to go back and look at the mindset of J. Edgar Hoover, the FBI director, who, of course, with, J with LBJ, picked the members of the Warren Commission. The picture of the Warren Commission giving their report to Lyndon Baines Johnson is right there. And there, by the way, i got to go over here. Right there is John Sherman Cooper. And Morris Wolf told me, you can see how disgusted he is with the report. And I will tell you that his dissent that they were going to put in the report was not in there, even though it was promised, because you can see the look on his face and you can see him hiding behind another member, uh, Hale Boggs. So Dorothy goes there and she, and, she, and she looks at this, but she starts thinking about uh, J. Edgar Hoover. JFK is dead. So he thinks to himself, wait a minute, could the FBI be responsible for not preventing the JFK assassination? What can I do to button up all of that? First thing he does, he goes ahead and confiscates the Dallas Police Department uh, documents from Curry. They're disgusted with what he does, but they can't help it. Second, he immediately basically steals JFK's body and sends it to Washington, D.C., based on the fact that he tells the public uh, the killing of a president is not a state crime, it's only a federal crime, which was just completely false. He sends it to Washington, so the autopsy, which a, a, famed, uh, a forensic uh, scientist uh, tells me, and it was in, it's in the book, was the worst autopsy he had seen in 60 years. So now he's buttoned all that up, but he's got to do more. And he hears there's going to be an investigation by the uh, state attorney general in Dallas or Congress and he and LBJ, and I have audio recordings of them talking about this, decide that they've got to form their own commission and they form the Warren Commission. What does he do there? Well, he's got to be careful. He doesn't want himself investigated. LBJ doesn't himself investigate it because of his crazy uh, things he'd done before. They put Alan Dulles on the uh, commission, a former CIA director, that Jack Kennedy uh, fired two years earlier because they can control those people. They put on there two other people that they can control in all of this. And so there's Dorothy out there doing her investigation, and she's very dubious of what happens with the Warren Commission, especially when John Sherman Cooper, her friend that she knew and went to parties at his house and things like that, as Morris Cooper told me, um, she knows about the Warren Commission corruption. She then is given by Cooper Jack Ruby's testimony before the Warren Commission. J. Edgar Hoover is furious. He sends two agents to her home. They interrogate her. And she, the most famous line by her, that by this woman of great integrity, uh, this reporter was, uh, when they were asking her about her sources, she said, I would rather die than reveal my sources. That's the kind of woman she was, the kind of reporter he, she was. So what does she do next? And this will get to the answer to your question. She learns about all of this information and Hoover knows it and she's starting to get into danger. Because what they did, Stephen, is they first of all, uh, she knew that uh, he, she went to New Orleans and who was in New Orleans but uh, Mafia Don Carlos Marcello. And Marcello is the one who Bobby Kennedy deported to Central America shortly after he became the Attorney General. If you remember the 60 election, the Kennedys thought they were gonna lose it. So they called in with Frank Sinatra the mafia to help them win West Virginia and Illinois. And they helped him. The deal was that if they, if JFK won and he did, we would leave the mafia alone. But Bobby Kennedy hated the mafia. And the first thing he did as attorney general was deport Carlos Marcello 
uh, to Central America. He came back to the United States and Dorothy was able to find out that what he said to himself is, wait a minute, I can't let Bobby Kennedy come after me again. And so what he did is he decided, look, I want to kill that rat Bobby Kennedy. But instead of doing that uh, and knowing that the JFK will come after me with everything the government has, uh, we'll orchestrate the death of JFK and Bobby Kennedy will be powerless. And the proof there is that's exactly what happened. He resigned as attorney general and never barred, bothered Marcelo again. So Dorothy is suspicious. She was a great investigative reporter. She covered the Dr. Sam Shepard case, which may, you may remember was the fugitive film, the Charles Lindbergh baby kidnapping case. I mean, she was a veteran reporter. So she decided, look, what do I need to do? And she decided to go to, to, Mar to uh, New Orleans where Marcello was. Uh, she went ahead and, and took a hairdresser with her to help her, a kind of a beefy guy, because she knew she was in danger. She was able to connect Marcello, Oswald, and Jack Ruby through her investigation in, uh, in Dallas. And what is the proof of her being right about this? Well, she went back to New York City, and unfortunately, just like Marilyn Monroe was before she died, that she was going to the media about how the Kennedys had told her about matters of national security, including JFK wanting to uh, have uh, Castro assassinated. She went back to New York City, and she said and told anybody who would listen, I'm going to crack the JFK assassination wide open. I, I know exactly what happened here. Uh, I'm writing a book for Random House. But also she said to her confidant, the hairdresser, if the wrong people knew what I know about the JFK assassination, it would cost me my life. I'm afraid for my life and my family. I bought a gun. When she saw her son, Carrie, a photograph of her son, Carrie, in the New York Times running across Central Park, she knew that he had been followed and it scared her to death. These were the warnings to her to leave, her, leave all this alone. Unfortunately, there was a Judas who was a confidant of her who ended up being compromised by J. Edgar Hoover and telling them exactly what she was going to put, put in her book. And when that happened, she was, she was on her march to death. On November 8th, 1965, she was found dead in her uh, apartment, her townhouse, in a bed she never slept in, wearing her uh, false eyelashes, her uh, hairpiece and her makeup. Uh, she never slept there. Uh, and it was decided that, uh, you know, uh, by, the, by the medical examiner's office, they found an empty bottle of secondol and they decided that she had overdosed on drugs. No investigation whatsoever there. So here's the trail that you can, you can and I have a common sense approach to the uh, JFK assassination on my website, markshawbooks.com that people can look at. And this evidence that I mentioned is also there. So what happens is that, you know, she goes back, she figures out, first of all, uh, Oswald was involved in the JFK assassination and, and, uh, and, and that uh, the, uh, the underworld figures, including Marcello, set that up. But Oswald is then a loose end. So they bring in Jack Ruby, who was, uh, uh, they bring in uh, Melvin Bellhi, who is Jack Ruby's attorney. And uh, he represents Ruby in court and makes Ruby look crazy. So they button up that loose end. Who's the only loose end left? There's this crazy reporter, they say, and, and Hoover called her uh, a dirty columnist in one of his, uh, in one of his talks with uh, LBJ. She's going to expose all of this in the, in the Warren Commission and the Warren Commission dissent in her book. So you can just see that there's a logical there. When I was a criminal defense lawyer, basically with, with high, pro high profile murder cases, I always looked at motive. 
And Dorothy had all this information and they had to silence her. And in my books, I proved exactly what happened because three years later, they did a, a new analysis of her bodily fluids and they found three barbiturates, secanol, phenobarbital, and, um, and tulanol in her system. And that there was powder on the glass that she, she last drank showing that they had somebody had gone ahead, including this uh, confidant of her, it looks like, and uh, and put those barbiturates in a vodka and tonic, and that's what killed her. So when people ask me about what do I believe happened here? Well, the proof is they killed her. They killed her. They killed uh, Dorothy Kilgallen so that she could not expose what happened, and especially the dissension at the Warren Commission. What I found with my research is that Senator Cooper at, had, uh, had, at, and Senator Richard Russell of Georgia. There was an executive meeting on September 18, 1964, with all of the members. And Ru Richard Russell and Cooper forced a final executive session of the Warren Commission. The main agenda was to, prepare, was to prepare, prepare a dissent and refuse to sign the commission report unless the dissent was included. What did the dissent say? They did not believe in the silver bullet theory. They did not believe that Oswald acted alone. And in that meeting, they were promised that would be in the dissent. We don't have the time to go through all that. It's in the fighting for justice. But basically, Mark, if, I, if I may just uh, pick up a, a quick thought with you with you on this. So uh, let's say, I mean, we, we accept this is a government led cover up of the truth, preventing mm -hmm. us from finding out what really happened to JFK and, and Dorothy uh, as well. Obviously, since that period in time the you know the usa has gone through various uh, regime changes you know democrat republican new government new people what has prevented people from over that time from exposing the truth i mean obviously i think to keep a lid on this this is going to have to require collusion right through the government to the present day is it not well you have to go back and think about the, the warren commission report i don't know if you're a young man so you may not remember but when JFK was dead, was killed and the Warren Commission came out, everybody believed it. They bought Oswald alone for sure. So through the years with all the different regimes and everything else, it was never even touched. It was just, it was the gospel, you see. And so it's amazing to me. I mean, I'm not the smartest guy in the world for sure. and not the best researcher in the world. I missed this. Everybody's missed it. There's going to be some conferences coming up next week on the JFK assassination. I guarantee there'll be nothing in there. There have been books written by the thousands about the JFK assassination. Dorothy Kilgallen is never even mentioned in them. She, she died and she kind of the truth died with her, Stephen. And so you may ask what if that dissent would have been in there, what would have happened? OK, they would have gone ahead and investigated other possibilities. They didn't investigate the CIA. They didn't investigate the Russians, the Cubans, the mafia, everything else. It just stopped everything in its track. And that's. And tracks, and that's the tragedy of this. Now I've begun to expose this, and it's 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 just shocking to people that all this wasn't you know exposed. Some of it's starting to be exposed other places, but mostly it's through me, through Dorothy, through Morris Wolf, and all of that. And and that's why I'm so frustrated that for 60 years that damn Oswald alone conclusion has has just you know perpetuated, and and it there was never any other chance as Morris Wolf told me, uh, of, of any other conclusion that the Warren Commission was going to do. And that's the tragedy of all this.
Well, this is a, a great time to remind people we've got five minutes left on YouTube and then we move over to Locals uh, for the next interview. So make sure you head over there, uh, sign up for Locals. It's free and you can watch the uh, the rest rest of the show over there. Um, Mark, I suppose as well, people would wonder, um, obviously the government takes steps uh, in, in your version of uh, events to eliminate people who are getting too close to the truth on this now but it does seem we live in an age where everybody's got a book on jfk everyone's got a theory and they they seem to be able to put forward the most accusatory allegations towards government and people with very little state pushback and i'm just wondering in in your mind as the current united states government got no idea of the truth as so much time gone or would this require collusion from them today well, I, I don't think, I think they're brain deaf about this. You know, they, they don't know really what happened here because nobody, there's, I know you're talking about all the assassination books and I've written six of them. I never <laughs> knew anything about this either. Uh, I missed it, but uh, I don't, there's never been an assassination book written by like Fighting for Justice because these are eyewitness accounts by Dorothy Kilgallen and Morris Wolf and John Sherman Cooper and Senator Richard Russell inside the Warren Commission. Nobody's ever gotten in there before. So I would challenge those listeners of yours and those uh, viewers of yours to, to take a look at this material. It, some of it's up on my website, markshawbooks.com, or take a look at this book, buy one at a library, or, or rent one at a library, or get one at a library, whatever, and just take a look. Because yes, I, I, I think it's really an uphill battle. I'm gonna ask uh, one of the House subcommittees to reopen the JFK assassination based on my research. Now, with everything going on in the world, that's an uphill battle, but I'm, I'm not going to stop until I at least try to do something like this, because we need it. This, this is history. This is history, all of this. And this is the 60th anniversary of JFK's assassination. Dorothy Kilnallen did not get the justice she deserved. Marilyn Monroe didn't either. And JFK for sure didn't, because there was no thorough investigation of his death. It was fixed, just like the Warren Commission fixed the Oswald alone uh, conclusion. That would be amazing if you did manage to get this this reopened. I, I realise that this is probably a thankless task in the four minutes or so we've, we've got left. But we, we mentioned O.J. Simpson earlier, and I suppose this was the first real example of like the, the celebrity trial where everybody was invested in it and has made perhaps a source of entertainment, strangely. And everyone kind of made the assumption and thought that the guilty verdict was tacked on, that there was no way this man would be found innocent. And obviously mm -hmm. the, the rest is history. So, I mean, I, I suppose, how, how can something like that happen in terms of justice? Well, you, you may be interested in this. I have the best sources in the world. Uh, people come to me with things and, and give me all this information. I don't know why, but with regard to OJ Simpson, when I was a criminal defense lawyer, I tried cases, a case with uh, Effley Bailey, the famous uh, U.S. attorney who was O.J. Simpson's attorney. And when I tried that case with uh, with Bailey and afterwards, he let me know that there was no question that O.J. Simpson uh, was a murderer. And I've I've, uh, I've provided that information to people. But, you know, they, they really I love a lot of people don't believe that he, he was guilty and they and, and that was the verdict and so they believe that and there's never been enough inside information Effie Bailey's dead and so it, you know it, you don't have the, the, the corroboration that you can have when somebody like Morris Wolf comes forward here because he was right there as to what happened and I've never been able to find anybody 
uh, at the Simpson case, we go talk about Kobe, Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant was a rapist. I was right there at his trial. He should have gone to prison. Uh, Mike Tyson should not been, have been convicted of uh, rape. There was no evidence against him. I was right there in the front row for his trial. These are historical events that have been stored, distorted down through the years, capped off by what we're talking about here, the JFK assassination. Uh, people can get in touch with me at markshawbooks.com or at markshaw, uh, excuse me, uh, Mark, uh, mshawin at yahoo.com or markshawbooks. This is not about selling books. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just fine with that. But it's all about uh, my exposing my contributions to history. And now you guys are a part of this because this has never been exposed before. And it's important that, that we've talked about. It. And I thank you for doing that, Stephen. It's my pleasure. It's been a wonderfully you know, informative conversation. I mean, I suppose, do you, do you think we'll ever truly get the definitive answers on JFK? Dorothy had it right. Motive, Carlos Marcello, you know, no question about that, that she had it right. People can pick and do whatever they want. Go look at my presentations up on YouTube for all of the books and with Dorothy and all of that. But she had it right, again, because it's a firsthand account and Morris Wolf has it right that way. So we need to be careful. I'll tell you, not one time in my books do I ever use the C word. C-O-N-S-P-I-R-A. <laughs> okay. C Y or S Y, right? Plot to kill the president because here's what happened happens when you use the C word, it just lumps everything in there, you know, all these crazy conspiracy theories and everything else like that, and that's why I will tell you that my research and Dorothy Kilgallen's research is not in any of those books because they can't go ahead and and uh, and convince people or stand up and say this is the truth if you don't include her research especially in, 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 their, in their evidence that they have. But they can't do that, you see, because everything goes against, uh, against that because of what Dorothy Kilgallen, uh, what she concluded and her research. That's why she's the most credible researcher uh, with, the, with the JFK, JFK assassination that ever lived. Talking of Oswald as, as well, I mean, do, do you, is it your view that it just it couldn't possibly have been done by you know carried out by one man in the way described, or you know you accept that it, 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 one man could have been responsible for that, but you firmly believe somebody else was involved as well. I mean, do you think it's an impossibility that Oswald did that on his own? Well, Dorothy Kilgallen never focused on Oswald. She thought it was a dead end. She focused on uh, Jack Ruby. Okay, and there's so much more evidence about that. But here's probably the three truest words. Let me. I think it's three words, okay, that ever were spoken about the JFK assassination, and they were by Lee Harvey Oswald. I'm a patsy. He was used by other people, and there's no way in hell that he could ever have committed this crime alone. It, it's, so, it's so crazy for anybody to believe that, but I'm telling you what, uh, I just did an interview at the Commonwealth Club in San Francisco, and I went over all this. I looked at some of the comp, there's about 30,000 views of it in the last three days. And down below, they have the comments. Uh, first of all, they talk about the, the hat that I wore, which they don't like. Second, they say that I need a haircut. And third, <laughs> they say, this guy's full of beans. It was Oswald alone. So you're never going to change those people's uh, opinion. But I'm a patsy. That's exactly what he was. Well, what is the significance of the hat, by the way? Is there something on there I should be aware of? Not this whale? hat. I'd have to get up and show you my uh, my uh, fedora that I wore for that particular 
occasion. I can do it if you want me to, but uh, you want to see it? Uh, why not? Why not? Let's see the Just fedora. A Hold on. I think this this might be a, an Atwood Unleashed first uh, a guest going to get a hat to display for us. Well, there it is. What do you think? Huh? Pretty damn <laughs> nice. Pretty stylish. But see, like my it. hair sticks out so much. That's why they always say, get a new corduroy sport, co sport coat, Mark, and get a haircut. And we hate the hat. How can we believe anybody who wears a hat indoors? I, I think I bought a similar hat last time I, I visited Mexico. Yeah, but you, you do rock that rather well, Mark. Thank you. thank you. All right. Well, thank you very much for your time. It's been fascinating. Maybe you can just remind people the name of, of your book and where they can find it. Well, we got Fighting for Justice, The Reporter Who Did Too Much, and Collateral Damage, and MarkShawBooks.com, and MShawIn at uh, uh, Yahoo.com. And I'd love to hear from people. And you guys are the best there. Thanks. Wonderful, Mark. Thank you very much for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure. Deal. Take care. Thank you.